Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Randall Show, we talk about working with baseball pitchers with limited external rotation. The Ask Mike Randall Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm here, champion PT and performance, answering your questions. Anything you want to talk about, PT, fitness, sports, performance, career advice, head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and you can keep asking questions. Uh, let me see. Who do we have today? We have Lenny McCrina, Duesh Podell. Uh, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Kevin Coughlin, uh, Lisa Lowe, Mike Scaduto, and Jonah Monlock. We we officially we broke the nine square Zoom barrier. Um, Bam! Which is which is it's fine, right? YouTube's widescreen anyway. Nobody really watches these videos, so it probably doesn't matter. Um, but you know, for the audio listeners, you don't care. But uh, Len, who do we have for students today? Asking some questions. We have some lovely students. Uh, we're apparently missing a couple. They will be docked pay. Um, but from we have Tommy Geeson from High Point University, not Tommy Gisson. The I is a double E. We have Courtney Camborellis from Duville University in Buffalo. She is a gymnast working with Dave Tilly. We have Danielle Rankin, also known as Dan Dan, from the Franciscan Missionaries of Our Ladies in Louisiana with Taylor Worthington from URI. I can say that was so easy. URI. Also a gymnast. Also a gymnast. <laughs> and again, I'm missing the, two, so they don't get credit. So the, the one that you can say the easiest, you say you are. URI is probably, probably URI. not the best, but I, that's awesome. So, <laughs> all right, who's up today first? Who's who's uh, Who wants to be the first? Awesome. Let's do this. That's good. All right. Sam from California. Hello. I am working with a left-handed pitcher who had ulnar nerve transposition status post one year. He has been doing well and is ready to pitch for his upcoming season. For a pitcher, he has very limited shoulder external rotation. He has normal range of motion throughout the rest of his body. He does have restricted shoulder flexion, which has improved. He continues to have intermittent medial elbow pain and minimal ulnar nerve symptoms. So my question is, is his lack of shoulder external rotation contributing to excessive elbow valgus during his delivery and increasing tension at the elbow? And should we try to increase his glenohumeral external rotation as this may have been the root cause of his elbow pain to begin with? Thank you. Great job. That was a long question. So you, you nailed that. That was amazing. Going. Good job. One, one um, breath. <laughs> right? That was, that was amazing. Um, I, you know, when I read that question from Sam, I was like, Wow. Like, did you just describe every one of my patients for the last five years <laughs> and, and like, like to the T so much. So, um, so, all right, who, who wants to start this off? So uh, ulnar nerve transposition still having symptoms a year later, has no external rotation. Could that be part of the reason? I don't know, Mike, you want to start this off? I feel like you're seeing a bunch of these lately too. What's, what, what, are, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, sure. I think this is this is definitely a pretty common uh, presentation for for our patients at Champion. Um, I would say that shoulder range of motion could certainly play a role on stress at the elbow. Um, we know that when baseball players throw, they get tight and they get tired. When they get tight, they tend to lose overhead elevation, uh, maybe some soft tissue restriction in a Latin teres major. Um, that could also potentially be a cause for limited external rotation. Um, and that you need to make up motion somewhere. So maybe they're trying to throw as hard as they can and they're, they're gapping a little bit more at the medial elbow. It's putting a little more strain on the, on the UCL, a little more stress on the UCL. Uh, it sounds like potentially they had a UCL sprain um, if they're having medial elbow pain and, and they did an ulnar nerve transposition where they moved the nerve. But, um, you know, maybe we never addressed the UCL at the, during surgical time. So it sounds like maybe they're still dealing with some with a UCL sprain to be honest. Yeah. I wonder if maybe they just thought it would heal up like during the, you know, it was like a mild sprain, but the nerve was subluxing or something like that. And, and, you know, it would heal up, but um, yeah, that makes sense. I I like how you, you mentioned there, Mike, that you have to pick up the motion somewhere else. Right. And, you know, to, in order to throw a ball, you need to get into layback. Right. So, you know, I thought that was a really good point is if you have limited external rotation, you're probably going to torque more at the medial elbow to try to get more and more motion. So I think that that makes sense. Um, uh, Len, obviously, I think you see a ton of these, too. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty interesting to see a lefty. Uh, come in because you'll stretch their left side out, which is their throwing side, and then you stretch their right side out, and you're like, "Huh, you should probably be a righty thrower because uh, you don't you have better motion on the right side than the left." And we always make that joke, um, but it's kind of true. And um, you know, whether it's um, you know they all started throwing when they were younger, so they should get that layback and that retro uh, torsion that they need to get external rotation. But for, I don't know what it is on lefties. Um, it seems like all of us are righties by, by nature. Um, naughty by nature, not because I hate you. Um, righties by nature, sorry. And um, and they just develop this. They develop left-handed, but the uh, gain on external rotation is inadequate, and um, and they end up breaking down. Whether it's capsular stuff uh, or elbow stuff, they just don't have that layback. And this this situation of the loss of flexion, we know that loss of flexion um, increases their risk for elbow injuries as well. Uh, whether or not that was secondary or primary, um, who knows, but, you know, throwing will make you lose some flexion as well. And if that's not restored, that has a higher risk of getting elbow pain as well. Camp showed that. And we show that, um, you know, probably, I guess it's going on a decade now, which is scary, but, um, you know, it's, I think it's something to address. And I, like Mike said, I think there's the underlying UCL issue that probably will need to be addressed down the road. Uh, gaining external rotation to answer your questions can be tough. And these guys, you can maybe gain a little with soft tissue and stretching them out but it's probably a very firm infield and those firm infields are not very uh, they don't gain a lot of motion. And it, it sometimes is what it is with those, with those lefties, which just you stretch them out and you're like, oh, and it's hitting a wall versus the righties. It's just like a nice bounce into uh, end range. So um, it's going to be a tricky one, but I think we're probably going down a road of more surgery. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That, to me, I think, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, I, I, I think one thing that people don't appreciate if you don't treat a lot of baseball players 
is that lefties do look different and you should you should not expect lefties and righties to be the same. So that's a really good point. Um, I wish more published studies delineated lefties and righties out, but you know, just the the end, like the amount of subjects in studies of that are lefties are small. So it's it's hard to delineate them out, but they surely are different. And I don't know if that's glenoid orientation, scapular orientation, thorax orientation, but there's certainly something a part of it. Um, uh, I'm going to provide a little more optimism than Len, right? And I think actually Len's spot on, but like I, I'd be a little more optimism just because the shoulder flexion is so bad, right? And I think we've all seen in our hands at Champion every day, if we do soft tissue work on like lat, teres, even subscap, they can gain 10, 20 degrees of external rotation in a treatment session, right? Just by desensitizing that, trying to get, reduce some tone, get get that mobility going. And then I think that takes an enormous amount of strain off the medial elbow, right? And, you know, we're, we're you know, the students know we were, we did that this week, right? A few of you made measurements for me because I kept measuring this guy like 10 times each session just to keep documenting his mobility. So um, I actually like that you had that loss of shoulder flexion. To me, that shows me the lat, Terry's major, probably maybe even some subscap has some tightness. And I think there's some optimism. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if you're still having ulnar nerve symptoms, like Lenny said, you're still having medial elbow pain. There might've been something else going on, but I always like to say this, I think it's unfair right now to say what we should do for this person because they have that limited range of motion. So I think our first, um, our first goal would be is let's maximize that range of motion, get his overhead flexion back, see if that increases his layback and then see if that takes that stress off the medial elbow. And if it does, boom, you're good. If it doesn't, like Lenny said, you know, we may have to address more that's that's going on. But um, Sam, I think I think you 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 did a really good job putting that all together. And that's some next level thought process. So kudos to you for that. I thought that was really good. Um, hopefully, um, you know, focus on some of those things we talked about. But I don't know. I think we nailed that episode, right? Anybody anybody have anything else they want to add? Or, I mean, I feel like we're we got done quick. So I was I, I think it's going to be ramp, ramp, yeah, ramping up a throwing program and adding a throwing program for him too. A lot of times it's like, let's just wing it and just have him start swinging the ball around. So you got to ramp that up. And then also mechanically, what's their, what do they look like when they throw? I mean, they just kind of, you know, uh, open it up really early, slinging it and uh, uh, don't have good mechanics. Some of the other things you can, Sam, you can look at too. But I, I pulled up some old data. This is unpublished data, which is shocking to me. That's probably why we didn't publish it. Um, we had 220 right-handed pitches and only 76 left-handed. So you can see doing these studies, this was on Tampa Bay Rays pitches over a period of time. We found no difference. I'm shocked. Um, 131 versus 130 of external. These are professional baseball players um, at 90 degrees of abduction. You know, uh, their, their total motion was 183. Their symmetrical internal rotation as well, the way we measured Kevin and I during spring training. So I was shocked when I just pulled this up that we didn't publish it. And it's in, sitting in a file to publish, uh, but two, 220 righties and 76 lefties. So again, the ends are off, but I was, I was surprised that lefties has so much data. But again, he's a major league baseball. So they made it, they made it to their pro career. And, um, you know, maybe that's the difference. They have the motion and they, that gets them there. <laughs> well said. Maybe maybe they just filtered themselves out, right? I, th yeah, I do think right. that's part of it. But I also wonder if the standard deviations are different, though. I bet you the righties have a bigger standard deviation. Than They're 9.6 righty versus 9.2 lefty, so minimally different. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. I, I think you're right. I wonder if that's selective. Um, you know, if you made it right. to if you made it to the bigs, it's because right. you had 
good range of motion. That's super interesting. Right. So, you know, yeah. I, I would say step two that maybe to answer one other part of your question that was about like, should you work on external rotation? You know, like Lenny said there, I mean, you got to do your measurement. So measure internal and external rotation on both sides, calculate total range by putting them together. And you'll see if, if total range is the same, then you probably know that they've maxed maximized their range of motion. But my guess is on this person, just from the experience of all the people we see with tight shoulder flexion and tight ER, my, my guess is it, you, it's they're going to have a decrease in total range of motion. And it's probably going to be from external rotation. So, uh, you know, take a step back. We never focus on the capsule first. And these people, it's, it's you know, if shoulder flexion is limited to me, that's almost always a flat. Terry's a little subscap. You know, work on those three, get that motion back and, you know, give that ligament some room to breathe when you throw. And hopefully that will will do the trick. But if you don't restore that and you just start a throwing program and you're trying to throw through it, it's kind of like you're just banging your head against the wall, right? You, you, you still have you still have that that thorn in your side. So, um, you know, make sure you work on that. So, uh, great stuff. Great research analysis by Lenny. I feel like Lenny is like our, our, our Lou with the Arcos data on the Hack It Out <laughs> po- podcast now, but that, Lou Stagner that uh, with, with, with the stroke game. Sorry. Anyway, if you know, you know, but anyway, appreciate the question, Sam. If you have a question like that, please head to micron.com, click on that podcast link and you can ask away and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.